Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi there, you're listening to The Murder Hobros. Welcome to our sixth episode. Six episodes, that is uh, quite something. So uh, I'm joined today by Sean. Sean is a voice you haven't heard yet. Hi, Sean. Hey, Josh. How's it going, mate? Yeah, yeah, not bad. Not bad. Thank you, mate. How are you? Very, very well. Happy to be on. Um, obviously, I know we we kind of record ahead and we've got a few episodes in the bag. Um, so, uh, you know, I'm kind of getting into the swing of this this whole murder hobos thing. But the, uh, the listeners out there, they have no idea who I am. Uh, you referenced me <laughs> a little bit last week on, on the podcast. Um, so we thought it'd be good for me to to jump on and, and just say hello so you know in future episodes when i do jump on it won't be such of a, a kind of jarring thing absolutely so for anyone uh who who doesn't know sean is a cast member but not for season one yet we've recorded season one before we asked him to join us Sean is with us from season two uh which we have recorded and it's in the can and into season three which we're currently playing and i think getting close to finishing so Sean, um what you're quite new to role-playing games. What What are your thoughts on season one of the podcast that you've been listening to as well? Yeah, like you said, I'm I'm completely new to this. Um, I kind of had this idea of like role-playing D&D very, being a very kind of nerdy thing and quite a closed-off thing. And I didn't <laughs> know is. whether I would... <laughs> it is in a way, but um, I didn't know whether I would get it or not. And I thought, oh, okay, it looks quite complicated. There's all these all these dies with all these numbers and everybody seems to be really into it and I thought okay maybe you can't play it if you're not like 100% committed and know all the rules and know what are mages and who are a, a, a tiefling is or whatever and I had no idea what any of those things were uh, and then uh, we actually met at Sea of Ashes wedding didn't we uh, not met for the first time yeah. we've known each other for you know a yeah, decade God. plus <laughs> teens exactly um but Absolutely. yeah we met up at sears wedding and you said oh yeah we, we we do this thing you know on a on a wednesday night we we record and and we play dungeons and dragons and i was like all right a cool guess and you were like do you fancy playing i was like i gotta be honest with you i have no idea what i'm doing but it actually sounds like a lot of fun and i kind of originally joined just because i thought right okay so it's you know it's josh it's sears vash it's sandy it's lee like these are all like my best friends i've known them for years and years and years and i just love hanging out with those guys and i thought you know we all live in separate places across the uk so i thought you know just meeting up digitally on a on a on a weekday would would be perfect and then 
I kind of jumped into the whole world uh, of season two of the Murder Hobros, and I bloody love it. It's so good. It's <laughs> it's so much more than I actually thought it ever could be. And I, I thought, you know, it's rolling die, and it's oh, I move two paces here, and it's 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 not. It's it's imagination. No. It's intrigue. It's it's laughter. It's creativity, which is all the things that I love. And I'm really, really, really enjoying. Considering we're uh, we're playing season two of Ghost of Saltmarsh at the moment, hearing what happened in season one because I wasn't around for it is really cool. Seeing all these kind of characters develop, who who comes, who goes, where you've been before. You know, I join the story, and I I just love it. Yeah, I um obviously you're listening along. Like, what what are your thoughts on? But the last episode ended on a bit of a cliffhanger. It doesn't look good for some characters. And have you got any predictions for the next episode, the one that's about to play? Well, um, obviously jumping in on season two, I know a couple of the characters that I've I've met yeah. in in this season. So um, I have no idea what's going to happen sort of in context of the story, but I'm definitely looking forward to to hearing what goes on because, yeah, like you said, it was was a bit of a cliffhanger. And I've I've kind of grown to know and love a few of these characters, especially Gil. He's such a little sweetheart, you know. And um, yeah, San- Sandy plays him so well with that kind of, hello, I'm just a, I'm a little turtle. That, you know, it's, he's kind of unawares yeah. of everything and, you know, he just wants to please people. And the, the thought of him becoming harmed or even, dare I say it, you know, dead is is kind of worrying so i'm hoping he kind of pulls through in this episode but <laughs> oh, mate. we'll see me too you, you will see it's so ironic that of all the characters that you kind of get a bond with it's sandy's character i know like the most uh cutting toxic <laughs> shitty <laughs> wanker of the group and he's got like the most. He does it deliberately. Yeah. I'm sure he's just playing this long game to fuck with everyone. Oh, definitely. But um, yeah. Well, uh, for anyone that doesn't know, Shawnee is. I've got a few things that I know about Shawnee here. Shawnee is a musician. Shawnee is. I would. Is it fair to describe you as a semi-professional wrestler? Yeah, pretty much. Uh, Shawnee is a semi-professional wrestler. Uh, he is media savvy. He is a graphic designer. He is. A wicked member of the cast. You'll meet him more in season two. I was really happy with season one. The energy was like good. The story was good. The characters was good. I'm super pumped for season two because Shawnee just adds the next level. And um, it, well, just stay with us. Um, there's a couple of things I guess I need to say for this episode. Again, I've used some music from No Copyright Music, the music channel that's on YouTube. If you search for No Copyright Music, I think I used a uh, ghost theme and some scary music. And I think that's it. I created some Seagrove music for this one. I don't need to shout out about that for legal reasons. And well, uh, if you enjoy the show, let us know at Murder Hobros or at Lil Power, L I L P O W E R, Lil Power for me. But at Murder Hobros on Twitter will get all of us. And let us know what you think. And now you know who Shawnee is. We hope you enjoy the show and things happen in this episode. Let us know if, uh, well, let us know. See you later.
there are the noises of shouting and weapons being drawn. You can hear a voice. They're out! Push them back! There is the clanging of steel, volleys of ballistics, and the sounds of magic being cast. Consciousness comes back to you, Blaze, and you can see that you're lying on the floor. And in front of you, you can see Nikas. His eyes are open, and he's staring lifelessly to the ceiling. Beside him, Gil lies unconscious, with the barest whispers of breath passing through his large body. Three motes of scorching fire flare in the room behind you and illuminate, casting shadows on the wall in front of you. And the sounds of battle continues, but you're just looking at Nikas and Gil. You drag your hurting body to Gil's side and try to help your friend, but you're too late. Your total companion slips off in your arms. You don't realise, but the sound of fighting has stopped. And there is silence. And then footsteps coming towards you. You turn to face the room. And you can see many bodies in the room. Hobgoblins, humans, Ned skulking in the shadows, watching. And the footsteps coming towards you are from a human, a bald human with piercing blue eyes and dark robes. And he walks up to you. He's surrounded by rough-looking humans and, and the two fierce hobgoblins. Ned steps forward. The Kenku is still alive, boss. I can see that, Ned. Knock him out and tie him up. He can answer some of my questions later. The bald man smiles, his eyes twinkling. Dispose of his friend's bodies. A thick, bearded, bald man, stocky and hard-looking, strikes you blades around the head with the flat of his sword, and you sink once more into unconsciousness. So that is what you'd see from the previous game. Bastards. I'm going to jump now to Nikas. Nikas, you are swimming or floating in the black water. It's cold and you're not moving. You're just kind of stationary floating at this point in just this completely black sea. You can't see what's above you, you can't see what's below you, it's just endless black. Your eyes open and they're glowing white, they're illuminated as if by some mysterious light from deep within and you hear a voice and the voice says, Awake. And you start treading water in this endlessly black sea, and you can taste it salty, but there is no depth to this color, it's just flat blackness. 
And the voice says, is coming. You are not finished. And then the voice says, The great shark, the joyful hunter, the caller from the depths, the shark father, our greatest fears. He is coming, and I need my trident. And then your vision just kind of fades away, and it's just black. And you can feel the pulse of waves, a current now, or a tide. It's small, but you can feel this pulse from the sea. And your eyes open, and this time the sea has a depth to it. There is light. It's dawn. You've got like the dawn sunlight cutting through the waters. And you recognize where you are. You're just outside of Saltmarsh. And you're alive. But you feel different. You feel stronger. But very different. And you know that Sekala is like a shark god. This gargantuan shark god, and Sekolar is the reason you came here. It's this huge, great white shark that exists in some sort of hell plane, and he's coming, and he will devour your home, and you need to get this trident. Because if you don't, your whole home city and all of the people that live there they're gonna die and your culture will be eradicated and you swim you swim back towards salt marsh is there anywhere that you would be looking to go salt marsh wise um i guess back to the council but I don't know anybody else in Sword Marsh. I guess to the Gil's place where I found him, his house, would be my first stop. So you can, um, you can swim back. You can swim back to Gil's house. It takes an hour, two hours, but you swim back until you make it back to uh, Gil's Gil's home and it's early and once again you rise from the same spot of sea back to Gil's almost similar time ever so slightly like an hour or so later it's like deja vu but this time Gil's not there waiting on the beach and Blades is not there waiting on the beach and you pad once more dripping out of the sea and just see this empty beach in front of you 
And I'm going to pause you for a second. Sand, are you still there? Yes, I'm here. <laughs> what the hell is your character? I don't know anything about him. <laughs> I, I sent you a DM about when to bring oh, did you. In. Let me have a look. Uh, okay. All gotcha. of which, like, I'll, I'll, like, things will become very clear then. Okay, I'm going to have to trust you because I got fuck all. Um, all right. Um, in that case, I'm going to jump around a little bit. I'm going to come to you in a second. I'm going to take the map all the way back to the caverns and the cellar. So, Blades, you wake up six hours later. You've been left in the room that you can see on the map, this, and I'll read it to you, give you a description of it. Um, it's the cell, basically, where the skeletons came from. The chamber's about 12 feet across and the corners are filled with shadow. What little you can see in this room is dingy and dirty, but you can clearly make out the bones of the skeletons. Seven skeleton bones have just piled up by the doorway, including the skeleton who somehow had a beard and like a hat on. It's cold, you're shivering, your equipment has been taken and confiscated from you. What would you like to do? Uh, how am I bound? Well, bound and everything like that. You're not bound. Well, You've not just been bound. thrown and left in this room. Is there, There's no one else? Nope. Uh, so there's obviously the two rooms from before. Yep. And, then... and this is the room that, um, well... Nikas opened and these skeletons just burst out. Oh, I mean, I'm in, where they in that room. You're in that room, yeah. With the skeletons piled up on the floor by the door. The door is on, from the map's perspective, bottom left. Okay. And um, uh, your vision comes back to you. I'm just going to have a little look and just try the door quietly. Okay. Uh, make a stealth check. You're staggering around, you're dehydrated, and you crunch underfoot and feel the crack of bones. A ribcage just, just crunches underfoot, and you kind of fall into the door, and it's clumsy. You try it anyway, and it's barricaded from the other side. Uh, is there any other way out of this room? Make a perception or investigation check. 16. So you rolled investigation, so I'll give you a few things for that. You, um, your weight's taken, like you're leaning against the wall, and you just look around. Firstly, you look at your feet and kind of kick some of the bones away and see that this fancy skeleton with the robes and the hat and um, the beard, a skeleton with a beard, is, is in the corner. And you can see that he's he's wearing all of his clothes and you can see a part of his rib bone and it looks like it's gold. It's just glints in whatever low light's in this room. So I'll have a little look at that. And as you pat him down, you can see that one of his 
rib bones is completely dipped in gold. And then you look around and see that some of the other skeletons have got bones that have been dipped in gold. And as you kind of... Are you, are you touching this, this skeleton, the, yeah. the form of the beard? As you touch him and start feeling around, he's got a, a bag tied to his waist that people haven't haven't taken away from him. They must have just thought it's just an empty bag. And um, make an arcana check. 17. Mm. You pick it up and like, this is a bag of holding. Nice. He has a bag of holding tied to his waist. The idiots left it on him and just disregarded it. You may add your sole possession as a, a bag of holding. <laughs> nice. And as you pat him down, you can see he's also carrying uh, a stone. And I guess I'll take one more Arcana check, please. 19. So it's a flat gray and black river stone inscribed with unmistakably an unknown but definitively arcane symbol. And as you pick it up, it feels cool to the touch. And then you recognize it. This is, this is a luck stone. You've seen these before. While carrying this stone, you gain advantage on one ability check of your choice. It can't be used again until the next dawn. Mm. And because I'm going to use your same investigation role, I'm going to ping on the map because you notice a crack in the wall. There's a secret door. Nice. Is there any sort of clear way of opening it? It looks like a little bit of force and it might spring open pulled into you it's like a push it release the lever and it will spring back open into your room i will do that you do the secret door opens towards you to reveal a clutter of broken glass and earthenware piled on the floor beyond three small copper pots lie amid the debris i'll give them a little uh check to see what they're about well as you enter a bench runs down the west wall of what seems to be a laboratory. On the bench are jars of powders and liquids and several pieces of chemical apparatus. There is a table against the south wall forming an L shape with the bench, which doesn't seem to be on the map. A book is open on the table. Also on the table is a candlestick with a tiny stump of unlit candles still in it and a variety of other items that even in the dim light shine with the warmth of pure gold. One of these objects looks like a human skull. Uh, I'll have a little look at the book. Okay, so uh, I guess I'll take an intelligence check. Or, in fact, uh, let's go for an arcana check. That's intelligence spectrum. 12. Flicking through, you can see the, well, the book was open on the table and... You pick it up and look at the title and it says, Ye Secret of Ye Philosopher's Stone. There is no author acknowledged. Uh, it's written in common. It looks incredibly profound and difficult to understand. It's most definitely a book for a specialist. Uh, you get the impression that if you spent some hours upon it, you could 
start to understand this horrific tome. But just with a skim and the superficial knowledge that you may have, you see a reference again and again to this philosopher's stone and references to alchemy, base metals, gold. What else is in the room? So looking on the table, there are a few objects that are made of gold. Um, there is a human skull. There's also an apple, a rose, and a set of five small discs that look like they're balance weights. There's also a, a small stack of gold coins about, well, you count them. You have the luxury of time, and there are 47 gold pieces. They, I will take them. Examining the table closely, you can see that there is a drawer. I'll open that drawer. And inside is a spell book. I'll have a little fucking poke around the spell book. There is dancing lights, comprehend languages, tensors floating disc, and shatter. And there is the chemical apparatus on the bench. But there's shatter. There is shatter. How does a non-spell worldie use a spell book? I don't think they do. Shit. Make a perception check for me, Lee. Seven. You realise with the panic, way, way late, the bar on the door outside that's locked you in is is being lifted. What do you do? Oh, to to the other room? Yeah, to the other room beyond. I... I will quickly um, or try and get out of the room close the door and just try and hide the, the bits I've got on my person okay um, it's a rush it's a mad mad rush but you manage to f- feel the door click behind you and you slide on the floor just as the outer door to your cell is open and light pours in and it blinds you for a second and you look up, and Ned is in the doorway. And I'm going to stop you there. Nickass. That's me. It's about 7.30 in the morning. This side of town, as you saw, doesn't see much action. You've got Crabber's Cove to the... From the map, it looks like to the north, but it's actually to the south. Um, the three houses just on the little spit of land beyond Gill's and you can see Gill's house feet really in front of you what do you do? So I I, uh, try and look for uh, Gill to see if he's there You're just walking into his house? Yeah basically just try and find him because I don't know what happened. Okay you reach the, the back door that opens out onto the um, the sand and it's a thick old door seriously gnarled and the wind is, and the salt of the sea and the sand blowing into it has, has weathered it horrifically and it's it's unpainted now the paint's been stripped off and it's thick and heavy and you push it and you step inside Gil's house what would Nickass see here? Sandy, I nearly said Gil Gil's dead baby Gil's dead uh, <laughs> yeah. so it is uh, like a pretty ramshackle um, place. There's a pile of straw on the floor, which you'd imagine where Gil slept. 
there's a little collection of like fishing paraphernalia all kind of lined up and there's a remarkable amount of stuff just on the floor maybe broken like it's obvious Gil bumbled around and knocked things over and then couldn't pick it up very well um, so there's all kind of stuff knocked on the floor but it's in a massive state of disrepair it looks like whenever his mentor left him um, that he didn't really know how to look after the place he could just about feed and clothe himself but like he had no idea of uh, upkeep especially in these kind of um, places where the weather was a bit harsher so there's holes in the roof and um, pr pr a pretty miserable little shack really I tried to see I try to see if there's any signs of him in the room. Just, uh, just Make uh, an investigation check. Fourteen. Sand. What does he see? Uh, there is a small book uh, underneath, uh, like a an old sack pillow, um, and it's story. It's, it's it's a collection of stories from the sea. Um, and it's written in, um, it looks like it's, yeah, kind of handwritten. It's a handwritten uh, collection of tales all about the sea. Um, and it, it's written from, uh, the perspective of there, there's like a turtle on the front. It's obviously, this has come from, uh, a turtle community somewhere, which is a bit odd because everything else looks like it's just come from, um, like standard human communities. Okay, um, well, seeing as I can't find him there, I'll probably just try and go into town. What time is it? Is it night time, I'm guessing, yeah? 7.30 in the morning. Oh, in the morning. Okay, so I'll just... Um, You've lost a night, basically. Yeah. I'll try and go to the council or into town to try and see if anybody's there, seen Gil or Blades or anything like that, see what happened. Okay, you start to like push your way through to the front door of the house anything any last things that you might see in here uh there's a there's a lot of fish bones and a lot of um kind of bric-a-brac really uh you do notice that there's um think prison there's the dashes on the wall uh where he's obviously been counting uh something is there like a picture of uh Gil or anything like that there? No, no, Gil didn't really have... He, he wasn't one for pictures, he couldn't draw himself. So. It's just a tiny passport photo. <laughs> <laughs> That's just in case people didn't know who he was, I just wanted to show a photo of him. Wasn't it? I tell you, there's, there's like an, an, an etching or something like that of uh, a boat on the wall. Of oh, a boat on the wall? Yeah. Quite a grand-looking boat. Okay. Um, I go. Well, I mean, Gil's lived there for quite a while, hasn't he? Yeah. So people, it's not like people wouldn't go. Who? Big this turtle man. Like, fella. Pff, nah, yeah, he he was the only turtle person. Like, they're massively rare on the Sword Coast, I think. So. Okay, okay. Um, uh, yeah, I'll go into town try and see if anybody's seen Gil or Blades. Okay. You push out and hit the street and you start walking, following the same footsteps, the same path that you took before as you, as Gil, 
and blades took you to the council hall. You passed the Carpenters Guild Hall on your left, this building that was assembled amazingly out of, of rare woods. And this morning you can't see this snobby gnome that was looking out the window at you. You just trudge on and you keep walking and you see the Mariners Guild Hall and you keep walking with a focus. And now there are a couple of people on the streets and they just look at you, but I'm guessing you just trudge along. You see the Oland house. This is the house of the grumpy, quite coarse, blonde woman from the council. This is a mansion. And you keep walking. And you see the fishmonger's plants, where the fish processing buildings were. And it's busy, and people are working, and they pay you no heed. Until you're really close. And then they look at you and stop and stare, and you keep trudging. And you see the Dwarven Anvil, which is the blacksmith's forge, and you keep walking. And the Prime Water Mansion, which is the mansion where the dandy with the, the, the hat, the flamboyant hat on the council lived. And you can now see the market, and it's busy, and people are, are just starting to buy things from it. There are, are vegetables, and uh, lettuce, and fish, and um, some rice, and... and just generic basic foodstuffs and wares for sale mm. and some people stare some people don't and you see the council hall in front of you I try and go into the council you walk in and straight away you see Silas behind the desk and Silas gets up uh have you got an appointment sir do you remember me Yes. Do you remember? Made my life very difficult, didn't you, sir? Uh, well, yes. Sorry about that. Do you remember the the people I was with? Have you seen them around anywhere? No, sir. How? Right. Okay. Um. How long ago was I here? A day, sir. It's just been a day. Right. I think it was. You left one day. Yeah, it was a day. It was a day. Cause, okay, yeah. Have you come to report of your findings to the council? Yes, but I have to tell them quickly because I need to find... They're not in session this morning, sir. Terribly sorry. Well, can you relay the message? With vigour. Right. Well, we found what's haunting the the um, house. Unfortunately, he was. Sorry, go on. He was just in the process of pulling a quill out, and as soon as you say I found the thing that was haunting the house, see his shitty attitude kind of drops a little bit, and he actually looks like his interest's peaked. Y- yes, we found we found a room with some undead. But unfortunately, I fell during battle and I came back to Saltmarsh. So I don't know what happened. Fell into the sea? It seemed that way. That's why I'm looking for my companions to see. Off off the cliff? The haunted house is on a cliff. I don't know what happened. That is a fall. Um, That's why I'm desperate. The council members are not in session today. 
Uh, I will send messages out to each of them in turn. Where are your colleagues? You don't know. I'm trying to find them now. But they seem to be okay. in a room. They were locked inside. Which is which I found weird. The 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 undead were already detained. Somebody had already done the job for you. So the place was haunted, but not haunted. Someone else was there. I we I don't know. Basically, we opened the room to find who the uh, the undead behind it. Basically, ambushed. Really, I mean, it did say danger, but still. Why would ghosts lock up their own kind? I have no idea, but that's what I mean. We fell. I fell. And I'm trying to find my colleagues to find out what happened. I will immediately send a message to all of the council. Do you know uh, where Gil or Blades might be? They have not come here. Have you anywhere to ask? I'm not from here. I don't know where I would ask for such information. Could you trace your steps? I could go back to the mansion, yeah. Okay. That's a good idea. I will send message out. The Ileander will... He's the head of the guards here. I will send message to him first. Should there be trouble, he will back you up. I'm certain of it. Great. I will get on this straight away. Is there anything else you need from me? No, that's it. Thank you very much. And I leave. And as you step out, he just says, good luck. I'll get on this immediately. Thank you. What was his name? Silas. Silas. <laughs> <laughs> and you step back out onto um, the market square. All right. I'm going to pause you there. Whoo! I'm going to jump back to... Uh, Lee for a minute. Uh, by all means, Sand, uh, DM me anything that's gonna uh, be, I, be useful. You want you want you want a bit more rather than me just kind of. I, I have no idea me. how to get you in. You've told me nothing, that, and I love it, that, and I'm terrified. That, that, I just trust me, all right? I, I trust you. I so left. I, I left. I've, you I've going given you a the point. In the doorway, blades is Ned. And he just smiles as he looks down at you. And he says, Better come with me. You got some questions to answer. Get up. I'll sit there. He smiles and says, I was hoping you'd do that. And he walks in and then behind him are two stocky, hairy humans. And he walks towards you. And he kicks you hard. And it's a brutal, savage kick. And he smiles when he does it. And he says, get up. Uh, how long is my beak? I'd say a foot. Cool. It's good to know. <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, but it's interesting. Get up, Birdman. I'll, I'll get up. 
And then he th punches you in the gut and it knocks all of the wind out of you. And as you stand back up, the two muscle, I guess, that were flanking him, flank you and they take you each an arm. And Ned turns and walks and they drag you. And they drag you into the main room where all of the beds are and they drag you to the other side of it past the secret door where you came in that was linked to the wine cellar past the table and there are there is a woman in there who you'd seen around as part of this group there's one of the hobgoblins and they drag you to the secret door in the corner that leads to the caverns beyond and the stairs and they drag you down the stairs and you're in an underground cave. The acoustics are different. You can hear like water dripping and you can hear unmistakably the sounds of the sea. And the passages have a slight decline. It's just perceptible. And they're declining towards the sea, but they're well lit. There are torches set in these crude brackets on the walls and they drag you through the dark with these lights flickering and they drag you deeper and they drag you towards a sloping passage. The incline of the passage is perceptibly greater in this area. Coarse matting has been laid in places on the floor, negating some of the slope's slipperiness. And they drag you deeper and the passage widens to form a small cavern. There are three bolts of cloth and five small casks in the middle of the floor, resting on a piece of the coarse matting. And there's a bandit there. These are bandits. And there's another one of the hobgoblins and they smile as you're dragged past them. And you're dragged to a sea cave. If it's gonna let me ping, I'm gonna ping. There you go, it's pinging. They drag you there. The passage leads into a cave that opens directly to the sea. The tide is out at present and there is little water in the cave, but there is an obvious high water mark three feet above the floor. Pulled up onto the sloping cave floor is a small boat, perhaps large enough for eight people, with oars, a step-down mast and a neatly furled sail. A rope tied to the bow is being held down by a large boulder that serves as an anchor. And there are blood smears on the floor leading out towards the sea. Standing there is the bald man with the piercing blue eyes. And he turns and looks at you and he smiles. And he says, what is your name? I make the sound of like blood spilling. And then he chuckles and he says, oh yes, you can't speak. You probably don't have much use for me, do you? How close is Ned to me? Uh, let me put you on the map a little bit. So I'm gonna move your token. You are, let's say here, you've got a bandit one side of you, a bandit another side. Ned is gonna be standing about here and this bald human is standing by the boat 
uh, quite close to the blood smears. Ned's watching, the bandits are chuckling. And this bald human with the piercing eyes and the robes. He says, who sent you? I'm going to make that scream that we heard, we heard when we were coming down the stairs. <laughs> nice. That was one of mine. Little trick I have. Do you like it? It's all right. <laughs> he turns and, and he points to the floor and he says, "These. this is what's left of your friends. We dragged them here and towed them out to sea and dropped their bodies. You can join them soon. Okay, yeah, no, yeah, okay, no, I've got, it's either this or I, he's talking about kill, so, I just leveled up, so I've got a cunning action, so I can disengage, <laughs> okay. and then yeah. I'm going to go and try and peck that bald twat's eye out, and then I'm going to dive in the sea if I can. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, can you read to me exactly what disengage, have you got any information on that, because I don't know if you could... Is it? I don't know how I easy it's going to be. Cunning action is like a bonus action now, which means yeah. that I can I can just disengage. You are grappled technically twice. <laughs> can so, I try and slip out? Uh, I will say because you're a rogue, I'll give you a choice. It can either be a nimble thing where I'll take a contested strength check uh, against your acrobatics. Or it would just be straight strength. What would you prefer? Uh, uh, I'm reckoning acrobatics. Yeah. Okay. Acrobatics. Nimble thing. Roll well, because I've just rolled. 16. You're quick. And from a completely relaxed state, you spring forth and twist and turn and you've got these hollow bones and not much flesh on them. And all of a sudden, this sudden speed catches the bandits off guard, but not enough. And you launch towards Ned and Ned looks shocked. It came out of nowhere, but the big strong hands on either side of you grip tighter and pull you back. And one of the bandits thumps you again really hard and it feels like a ribs cracked and you cough, and you cough some of your own blood onto the floor. And then the man with the bald head says, Well, our little crow doesn't like you, Ned, does he? I think I'll ask you once more. We have things to do. You see, we've got a boat coming in a day or two, and you're a small fry. I want to know who sent you. And I will find out. Who, who, else, who else do I know in the town? Uh, you know all of the council members. You know the three old men. You'd know basically most of the locals. So you've got... I'll give you a quick blast of names. Um, so ooh, that's Has there been any of them that have been prickish to Gil? Uh... Let me skim. Who, who are the boys outside of town? The ones the we three met. Boys. Yeah, the old men, isn't they? That, yeah. So yeah. you had old Raj, Dell, and Simcoe. They were the three old men that were following you up, and like they kind yeah. of bullied Gil a little bit. Them. Um, 
Okay, so you, what do you say to them? It was Simcoe, Old Raj, and Dell. Yeah. And I'll kind of try and piece together words that they'd heard there was treasure here. Or some, they heard there was something here and hired some people to investigate. Okay, you mimic their voices. I think their voices were something like... Uh, oh, did, what did they say? They said things like... Um, We'll go up there. And like, how much? And you start mimicking them. And the the man looks at the bandits and the Ned and says, Ned, who's he mimicking? And Ned scratches his head. And he's like, sounds like some old fool. And then you put on a different voice, which is, you must have heard Dell at some point. And they start to bicker these two voices. Like, um, if you weren't my brother, I'd... I'd, I'd never see never see you again and and then you you hear the other voice and it's like you love me really old Raj and then Ned turns and says old Raj Dell and Simcoe three idiot old fishermen make a deception check <laughs> natural <toilet. laughs> there you go the bald man squints at Ned and says three old men sent them up here what why Kenku why have they sent you up here I'll make the sound of like coins dropping ah speaking our language make a perception check seven he walks closer to you and puts a hand on your shoulder and he says I think you're just about done um, I'll have a think and then we'll conclude our business but until then night night and he thumps you really hard in the temple and as you drop to the floor and the bandits do drop you your head hits the floor and your eyes start to, to fade really vision starts to fade in front of you and you think you can see a frog sitting in the corner of the cave and then you pass out. Nice. I'm taking names for eyes that I'm going to peck out. <laughs> I bet you are. Jesus Christ. All right. Jump in all the way back. Can we go Flip get drink? In hell. Yeah, do. Ooh, what am I doing? Uh, let's go all the way back to Salt Marsh then. So, uh, sorry, Sam. I'm trying to get you in as soon as I can, but I I don't know how this is playing you're, you're out here. Um, all right. Nikas, you step out into the market. And you've got the town hall behind you and you've got this alien bustle of, of bodies and humans and maybe an elf and you feel out of place and claustrophobic and then you have this, this pressing urge. This fear suddenly takes over you and you remember why you're here and then you remember the companions you've just met. What do you do? Um, I try and I, I'm going to try and uh, uh, retrace my steps to try and find them. So I'll try okay. and go down the road, try and find the the guy in the woods, and then go up the road. 
You walk past the snapping line. This is the tavern that seems to be built from decommissioned fishing ships. And again, you see the young woman that spoke to Gil. Uh, he said her name was something like Hannah. And she sees you and she's not frosty at all. She kind of like looks at you and sees that you've seen her and your eyes meet. And um, she's kind of got some like lobster pots out front and she's just kind of like organizing them. Looks like she's going to take them in. And she nods at you and you walk off and you follow the road that runs alongside the Kingfisher River. And you head what would be south, out of town, past the fields, and to the wood, the copse of trees, that is uh, is the sea grove, where you met Farron Castellar. You're going to continue? You're going to stop in and see if Farron's there? I'm going to stop in and see if he's there. You step into the woods, and the sun is kind of like sending shafts of golden light down in between the boughs of these trees and it's beautiful and calm and you can hear bells twinkling somewhere deeper in the woods and you find the um, the opening the clearing inside where Ferrin was and he's pacing around in there and as soon as you step in he turns to look at you and he says Nikas where are the others? That's why I'm coming to you. Have you seen them? No, I was worried. I expected you to stop by on the way back. What happened up there? Well, we went to the house and we we found the source of the haunting. It, there was some undead that were locked up in a room. And Ooh. we tried to fight them, but they... But I fell. And then I woke up in Saltmarsh. And I can't find Gil or Blades. They didn't return here? They didn't pass through? No, that's bad. That's really bad. Okay. Uh, let's go and get them. And he picks up Loris and puts Loris on his shoulder and he has a quarterstaff that was resting by against a tree really where it looks like he's perhaps been, perhaps been sitting mm. and he picks up his quarterstaff and twirls it a little bit in the air and says we're going to have to move with haste I don't like this no neither do I and he says can you run yeah of course I can after me and he, and he just runs off uh, leading you towards the house it um, it's only four miles. It doesn't take you long to run there. You pass nobody. There are no three old men this time. The road is completely empty, and as you get closer and closer towards this haunted house, um, Ferrin slows, and you can see this shell of a building on the cliff overlooking the sea. And... There's the small copse of a few trees and, and shrubs where you camped out the previous night and Varen trots in there and crouches and he watches. What do you do? Um, I tell him, I know the way. We have to go downstairs. I know where the secret... Do I know where the secret door is? 
from the yeah. first floor down to the basement? Yep. No, what I mean, not not the stairs through the kitchen. I mean, because when we went into that place, I saw there was stairs leading up, and you said it was to like a secret hatch. You mean the room with the beds in? The room with the beds in. You said there were some stairs leading up to a... There were some stairs. You could probably deduce it. Is that what you're trying yeah, to do? Yeah, that's what I mean. It's like the, the quickest way down to the... All right. Firstly, I guess make a insight check. Insight? Right. Are they in the house now? Uh, No, but he's just about to. Yeah. Okay. You I'll take the will... insight check and then I think... 17. As you're, you get into the grounds, you're brains frantically piecing together all of the information you have thinking there must be some sort of tactical edge you don't want to rush into this this is kind of what caused this mess in the first place you need to be prepared you're thinking there's a lesson here i'm not gonna fall for this again and you're processing like how how can i do this and you get in you cross over these the, the walls that are kind of like falling in into the garden with the the well and you can see that the druid, Farron, is walking much more tentatively and carefully now and creeping towards the front door. He's scanning and, and checking out all of the shadows and everything around him. Just for, He's looking for movement. And you reach the front door and he says, <laughs> Farron stops. Where are you? Uh, it's coming from a pile of rocks. Uh, there's lots of rocks around here, right? It's jagged. Yeah, rubble, all sorts of junk. Farron turns and looks to you. Psst. Come here. Come here. Farron says to you, Nickass. You've got friends here. It doesn't sound like Gil. It's coming from over there. Fishman. As for you. Fishman? I'm a triton. How do nobody know who, what tritons are? <laughs> okay, I go towards the bloody annoying... So, kind of perfectly camouflaged in the stone. Uh, as you get closer, you're beginning to make out the form of a uh, bearded uh, deep gnome. Snileflin? Sverf Neblin. Yeah, there you go. Easy for you to say. <laughs> Surf Neblin. Surf Neblin. Of course it is. Okay. <laughs> Listen, Fishman, I need to give you a message. Don't open the door. Don't open the door, okay? What door? The door to the house? No, inside. I saw something. Don't open the door, alright? I just. I've ran all the way from. The Underdark to get here to give you this message. I'm very tired. Don't open the door. There's, there's bad things in there. Yeah. What bad things? Uh, hang on. He, he reaches in his bag uh, and pulls out a rat. Um, he slits the rat from mouth to arsehole and uh, opens it up like a hot dog and he starts poking around in its entrails. It's, it's a bit foggy now. I, I saw it before. Magic things, dead things, horrible things. Don't, don't open the door. Yeah, I've already opened the door. Can you describe to me this guy a little bit more? Because I've got an idea, but I don't want to get, I don't want to make uh, it biased. What are we looking a, at? He's a three foot deep gnome. 
Yeah. Uh, he has uh, a scrabby pair of shorts on, uh, and that's it. Bare feet. He's got like a few little pouches, uh, and you can see there's like a, a withered old piece of wood, which is his quarter staff, which he's chucked on the floor for his um, uh, to ma maximise his camouflage. He's got this white, disgusting beard with like various shades of green and brown and yellow. Uh, matted into it uh, he's got loads of it like ear piercings and decorations around his ears he's very pointed and jagged uh, he looks a bit like a, a really nasty gnome tramp Farron says are you a druid? no I could, I'm a seer I, mm. I see things that are going to happen but you, you've opened the door already yeah, unfortunately. That's that's bad. There's others. There should be others. I saw others. What's happened to them? I don't know. That's why we've come back here to find out. Oh, this is bad. This is bad. This is bad. What have you done? Why'd you open the fucking door? I said don't open the door. You weren't here yesterday. What are you anyway? How are you this small? <laughs> what do you mean? How are you this big? <laughs> You got fucking fins. What? What? Look, yeah, you what are you? I'm, I'm a deep gnome, mate. I live in the Underdark. He's a Swerth Neblin. He's um, he, he's a friendly race. Um, Fuck you. I, well, maybe this one's not. Uh, I'm, I'm Ferran Castellar. Shh, keep your fucking voice down. All right, I'm Ferran Castellar. We're here to rescue our friends. Are you, are you willing to help us, sir? I'd normally just send messages. I, I see things and I stop really bad things from happening. Normally, like I look in the inside to see the outside, if you know what I mean. And he wiggles these rat guts in his face. Yeah, I can, I can see you can do that. Uh, I think something really bad is going to happen to our friends, and I think the more the, the merrier in this case. Well, understand one, one of them's a key or something like that. That's my message. One of them's a key. Don't open the door. Look after the key. Key? But I don't know. I just... I get the messages. I don't make sense of them. This fucker, open the door. Who's the key? What's the plan here? We have to go in. What are we going to do? We have do? to see what's happened to Guild and Blades. Maybe there's another way in. You mean... Uh, like... You don't know his name yet, but uh, this um, deep gnome throws the rat away uh, and cuts open another rat. He's got a fucking supply of them. They're all just barely moving, like they've been heavily sedated uh, and make a, like a horrible squeal as I open them up. Uh, he looks in, kind of trying to see the future and see if he can look for an entrance, uh, but he's going to have a cheeky look over his shoulder and see if he can spot another way in. Make... Um... <laughs> Make a perception, an investigation check. Investigation. A natural one. Jesus Christ. Uh, I don't, I don't know much about your character, so I'm gonna say um, he he can't see anything. He can't see another doorway from here. Uh, he can see that Ferran Castellar's wincing when he kind of like pulls out this this rat and kind of it squeals when he finishes it, cuts it open. Ferran says, "I think we need to scout this out and go very carefully." Very carefully indeed. Nikas, 
what was it? What was in the door when you opened it? I, I, I didn't see that. What was what? Sorry. You said you opened the door. Yeah. What was in it? Like undead skeletons. They, they outnumbered us. I could, we couldn't. We could, I, I fell and I woke up in salt mash. I don't know if the others killed them or not. He's, he's probably alright. Probably, yeah. Well, why don't we just go in and shout for him? Yeah. That's a terrible idea. That's that's a terrible idea. Look, Nikas, did you see anything? How how did you leave? Did you come out the same way? Is there only one way in and out? There's only one way through the front door. That's the only... And then we went to the basement, through the kitchen. But while we were down there, I saw stairs leading up other stairs so i'm guessing there's a trap okay so there's two and did you walk all the way back from here to salt marsh no i just woke up in the in the ocean i had to swim to salt marsh it was how did you get in i the don't ocean? know i fell during battle the cliffs really high i fell off the cliff somebody else said that as well i don't know i woke up you wouldn't remember you wouldn't make it if you fell off the cliff i mean i am a triton but yeah i understand i said <laughs> That'd be like falling into rocks. Maybe... Maybe there's... Another way in from the sea level. So... Gil is gone. Gil is gone, surely. What do you think about that? I'm so sad. I'm so sad. I've never been so sad... Um, in a- anything re- referring to Sandy, he did such a great, <laughs> great, great thing with this character. You know, last yeah. week he, he came on the intro. He said he was the alpha, but I think the the real alpha here was was Gil. He was such an underrated character. He just kind of plodded along, oh and I, I can't believe. Why would you do that, Josh? Why would you do that? <laughs> I know it's not you doing it, but you know, in context, why did you write such such perilous adventure for for, for Gil? You should have given him free pass to just. You know, waddle along and survive. And, yeah, and just. I'd just, love him to just uh, just come along. There's magic effects. Maybe they can get him back. I don't think they can, but they, you they give me try. hope right here. You give me hope. I'm giving you a little bit. A of hope. There is powerful magic items. Also, like I've got some ideas. Like we don't know what happened to his body, so I'm dangling some hope. But realistically, he's 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 turtle he's soup. Food. Right? He's he's tell soup. <laughs> <laughs> he is gone. All right. Well, thanks guys for listening to another episode. You've got one more coming in um, two weeks. Two weeks will be the next episode. The story will continue. We're approaching the halfway mark of season one. Uh, I hope you're still enjoying it. We definitely were enjoying playing it, and I'm enjoying re-listening to it as I mix these and get these get these ready for you. There are plenty of uh, developments coming up ahead, and well, now you know. I am not cheating. Gil is dead and I could pull the trigger even on lovable, lovable turtles like poor Gil. Rest in peace. Ruthless. Um, Absolutely ruthless. Yeah. I can't believe it. You gotta be, there's gotta be stakes. <laughs> um, so uh, if you enjoyed the show, please, please, please leave us reviews, uh, subscribe or whatever platform you're following us on. Please retweet, help us grow. Uh, I can see we are growing every week. I'm checking the analytics and it is absolutely amazing. On an international level, with no promotion whatsoever from us, with the barest, barest push, really, from our end, uh, this is growing, and it is absolutely amazing to see that people are listening to this, and people are clearly coming back. So no matter where you're listening from, 
thank you very, very much. If you want to, uh, you know, communicate with us, you can get us at Murder Hobros or at Lil Power on Twitter. Shawnee, do you want to share your handle? Um, yeah, I can do. It's just my name, which is uh, Sean Creran. So my handle is at Sean, S-H-A-U-N, Creran, C-R-E-R-A-N-D. And uh, yeah, I'm always just just uh, liking and, and retweeting the uh, the Murder Hobro stuff. So if you go on that channel and see any post, any of the, um, you know, the Wild Magic Surge of the day, I've always liked that. I've always retweeted that sort of stuff. So you can probably find me on there rather than typing in my ridiculous name. Uh, and I just want to say uh, thanks to you, Josh, for uh, having me on here. Thanks to all the other Murder Hobros for uh, being so accommodating and letting, letting me jump in, this this noob jumping in and, and joining in on their game. And to, to all the listeners out there, you know what? Uh, uh, if if you don't like sort of D and D and role play, I think this is a good way to get in, and it's only going to grow. And you know, want to get in on the ground floor. And I just want to say thanks to you guys. You know, subscribe, retweet, well, all, all that playing, kind man. of good stuff. No, very very happy to do so. And uh, yeah, I'll see you guys in season two, where we've got some cool stuff coming up. Super villains! I cannot wait for them to see your super villain character. <laughs> There's some things that you do well. You'll see in season two. Thanks again, guys, and I'll see you in two weeks. Bye. Bye.